This is Powered by Learning, a podcast designed for learning leaders to hear the latest approaches to creating learning experiences that engage learners and achieve improved performance for individuals and organizations. Powered by Learning is brought to you by DaVinci Interactive. For more than 25 years, DaVinci has provided custom learning solutions to government agencies, corporations, medical education and certification organizations, and educational content providers. We collaborate with our clients to bring order and clarity to content and technology. Learn more at DaVinci.com. Welcome to Powered by Learning. I'm your host, Susan Court. With me is DaVinci CEO, Luke Kemsky. Today, we are going to talk with Ryan Sweeney, Senior Talent Management Consultant at Capital Blue Cross, about preparing everyone involved in the health insurance sales process to win in the marketplace. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you again, Ryan. I know it's been a while, but we've always had so much fun working together with you. Yeah, it's nice to see you too. I'm, I'm pleased to be here. Ryan, start off by telling us a little bit about your background and also your current role at Capital Blue Cross. Sure. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, first of all, just thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's great to get to talk to everybody. And, um, you know, my experience in, in training and development really goes back to um, about 2008. Um, and my first uh, foray into it was with New Holland Agriculture. So that's a uh, an agricultural equipment manufacturer in Lancaster County. Uh, and I did sales training there. And the way that we did sales training uh, at New Holland Agriculture was we had a dealership network of 1,300 dealers across the U.S. and Canada. We did a lot of product training uh, and a lot of kind of value proposition, you know, uh, of the product and, and different things like that. Um, and so I was there for a few years, really enjoyed it, had a lot of fun. Um, and from there, I kind of moved into uh, a position with Members First. Uh, and while I was with Members First, I focused a lot more on uh, kind of leadership development and more traditional kind of classroom training around leadership development. Uh, while I was there, I kind of I missed the sales training part, right? I like I like sales training. I like the urgency of it. I like the messaging around it and those types of things. So I moved into uh, Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And the way that that organization is set up is we we did business in 14 different markets. Um, so we did the training across those 14 different markets for roughly 600 plus, um, you know, salespeople across all of the segments, you know, whether it's government business, large group, small group, uh, whatever it was. So we kind of touched all those different pieces and we focused a lot more on, on skills, um, selling skills as opposed to product there. Uh, and so that kind of led me into my position now with, with Capital Blue Cross. So I'm the uh, senior talent management uh, consultant here. And, you know, what that means is it's kind of a combination of where my experience was in the past, right? So my my primary focus is, is really on sales training, but then I have sort of a 1B focus on leadership development. Uh, so for our new frontline leaders. Most people are familiar with Capital Blue Cross um, licensees and, you know, health insurance providers. So talk a little bit about the complexity of the products and how you go about getting people ready to communicate with potential customers and different um, people that they need to communicate about the products. At, at Capital Blue Cross, it's the culture here is really about service, right? So it's really about member service. It's about providing care for the member. Um, it's about innovation. And it's, it's about delivering a best-in-class experience. Those are the things that Capital Blue Cross kind of really hangs their hat on. Um, and so with my position and my focus on sales training, when I'm creating programs, I'm kind of starting from that member focus. So for sales, 
it's really about understanding the needs of the market and addressing those needs directly. So if that's a, a product focus that we need to have, um, then that's a product focus. Or if it's in this new world where, um, you know, we want to focus on how do we show our value or create value as an organization while we're also delivering that message virtually, um, then those are the things that we focus on there. Uh, but our ultimate goal is really to just make sure that we make healthcare easier uh, and, talk about how our innovations provide that sort of best-in-class member experience. So to tie it back into the product discussion, um, there is complexity in products. But the reason that there is complexity in products is because it's designed to address the needs of the member. Uh, and so if we kind of keep that as sort of our North Star, then the message that we deliver is going to be consistent across the board. Yeah, that's that's excellent, that, that focus and then using that to drive, you know, how you communicate. So in your environment, are you taking people who know the products and um, teaching them sales, or are you taking salespeople and kind of teaching them how to position Capital Blue Cross in the marketplace? Yeah, I mean, at Capital Blue Cross, we have a pretty seasoned sales team uh, here. We have folks who have been around for a while. They know the market really, really well. So the institutional knowledge is, is really there. I guess to answer your question more directly, it's really a combination of both. Um, and so it's, I, I kind of draw parallels with sports all the time. It, you know, drives people crazy in my session. But if we think of it in terms of sports, you know, if we have one or two big plays a game, that's going to make a highlight reel. That's going to be on Sports Center. That's going to get, you know, the accolades and, and the shout outs and all that. But you're not necessarily going to win a game that way, right? You have to execute on all the little things to be able to do that. So when we build our curriculum, we start from a sales, uh, from a skills foundation, uh, and then we reinforce that skills foundation through product knowledge, right? So if we're doing something like we're trying to create value um, or present a value proposition, we present that value proposition within the context of the product that we offer. Um, and so that's kind of how we, we, we blend those two things. And then we also make sure that we keep everybody up to speed on the, you know, kind of basic blocking and tackling type of stuff, the industry, the industry trends or the technology that they would use in our virtual world. Um, because all of those little things, like I said, that's going to add up to what the big wins really are. So, you know, it's, 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 we try to make sure that everybody can, they have the highlight play in them. They can drive the lane, they can finish with a dunk, but they also have reliable mid-range jumpers as well. So that's, that's our, our role here. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, talk about the types of learning and development programs you're responsible for, you know, what types of programs, their scope, what delivery methods you're using most often? Yeah, well, in the context of this year, it's different, <laughs> right? So this past year, everything has kind of been turned upside down and flipped around. Everybody knows that. And so we've actually revamped um our sales programs and our frontline leadership development programs. And what we want to do is we want to focus a little bit more on what are the needs of, of the industry and of, of our teams now. Uh, and so we've done a lot of consulting with the teams, right? We are sitting with them. We're finding out what they may need uh, to be successful, but also looking into the future. When we go back to the office, it, it might not be a full time going back to the office. Um, and so we want to make sure that if sales is out in the field, how are they out in the field? How can they present virtually? How can they still get all that messaging out and have it have, you know, some stickiness to it uh, so that folks remember, you know, kind of what the presentation was and it helps influence buying decisions. So the big thing is the lessons that we're learning this year. I don't think that those lessons are going away anytime soon. Right. Everyone wants to do well, but everybody needs help to kind of get there. Uh, so the focus in building our programs is basically boiled down to four specific needs. We want to make training that is accessible. 
So shorter sessions, simpler process. We want to make training this specific. Uh, we want to make training that is usable, meaning that they can sort of take that knowledge and they can start to implement those ideas immediately, that there's not like a major, um, you know, upskilling that has to happen. And we want to make training that's ours, right? We want to build around our goals and our needs and our specific, uh, you know, gaps that we have right now. So when we think about like sales programs, I know this is kind of a long winded answer, but when we think about sales programs, our sales programs are geared around virtual selling and sort of identifying the needs of the client so that that messaging can be tailored to those needs. We want to know if we're talking to the right person and is the message focused on the things that they care about. Um, our sales team traditionally is a very relationship based sales team, but we can no longer just kind of walk into a place and talk to a decision maker like we could in the past. So we have to kind of manage those relationships differently now. So how do we go about doing that? Do we have the technical know-how to run the systems that are needed uh, to be able to manage those, make those sales presentations virtually? Um, and so those are all things that we kind of factor in when we're addressing our sales training programs to make sure that they're ours, to make sure that they're specific and to make sure that they're usable. And to the question around delivery methods and accessibility, we really just focus on being nimble. Um, so we're, we're looking at delivering more training uh, through non-traditional means. Uh, and, you know, we can't do the classroom stuff, right? Where I spend, you know, an hour in front of a class talking about these things. So how do we kind of deliver bite-sized pieces and leverage uh, sales leadership as well to help coach the content, to get that buy-in from the top down uh, and reinforce that messaging all the way so that it becomes more uh, accessible. Do you provide opportunities for them to practice in, in the context of the of the training that you're delivering? We do. Yeah. So, I mean, what we're looking at is is kind of a traditional sort of flip curriculum, right? So it's there's some self-paced learning, um, different things, blogs that they might look at, videos that we might share, podcasts they might listen to that share kind of critical ideas and give sort of the foundation of the information. And then we get together and we practice. Um, but it's not just us getting together in a virtual workshop and practicing. It also might just be practice for your manager. Um, so if, you know, what we're trying to do is, is deliver a message that creates value, what are the, you know, is there sort of a rubric around that, right? What are the check boxes? What are the things that you have to check off to make sure that you're delivering that message? And then the manager kind of evaluates that, sees where you are, um, and then we make adjustments to it based on that. So there's, it's really is about practice. <clears throat> and it goes into a, a larger thing, I think, with sales where, you know, there's an immediacy to it. Um, so it's, what am I doing? How am I going to be able to use this right away? And what impact is this going to have in my day-to-day -day job? So that practice is, is critically important for that. So you've had training roles with salespeople and with other types of learners. Um, what's different about training salespeople kind of in general um, that, that you found in terms of, uh, you know, their participation and engagement and also what motivates them and inspires them to really engage? The, I guess the core foundational things are sales salespeople. So there's a competitive streak to it, right? So they're going out and they're trying to drum up business and they're trying to win business. I mean, that's literally the terminology that they use, right? How am I going to win this sale? Um, so there is a competitive streak to it. So I've had scenarios in the past where, 
you know, we've tried to leverage that competitive streak of sales, right? So we've done things like activities um, during sales training uh, where we used audience response clickers, right? And so the audience response system would sort of track everybody's scores on different things. We had them divided up into teams. And sometimes that competitive piece can go a little bit too far, right? Because people were just taking people's clickers so that they couldn't answer the question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's that part. There's a competitive aspect to it. There's also a, a level of pride that comes with, with being a salesperson, right? Is you you want to solve a problem. I, I know making money is 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 a part of, you know, being in business and all that type of stuff. But our salespeople, specifically at Capital Blue Cross, they want to help solve problems. They're heavily relationship-based. Um, and in the past, they've been able to leverage those, those leaderships and that sort of, you know, that service approach to gain market share year over year. That's how it's, how it's gone. You know, if we think about how we apply those strengths, you know, when something like COVID happens and you have to kind of rethink the way that you're doing business, you rely on your strengths. Um, and our strengths here at Capital Blue Cross are that superior member service and it's that community involvement. So we've taken more of an active role in things like waiving fees or participating in food drives or, you know, helping first responders, um, assisting schools with any issues that they might have with, you know, caring for their students. Capital Blue Cross is kind of there every step of the way. Our salespeople are there every step of the way. And I don't think that that's necessarily, um, I think that that's a sales thing, right? It's, we want to be able to help. We want to be ingrained in this community. We want to be part of it. Um, and that's what relationship means. Uh, I think at Capital Blue Cross, it means a little bit more um, because it's not just calling on an old friend, you know, when it's time to make a decision about what your coverage is going to be for the new plan year, it's showing up all the other times. Uh, so my, my shameless plug, I guess, would be that, you know, I've worked a lot of great places and I've had a lot of fun in a lot of those previous jobs. But, you know, the advantage of working at a place like Capital Blue Cross with our sales team the way it is, is that we can have an impact every single day. And that's exciting. It's a highly competitive marketplace that you're in. Talk about how and the relationships are really key, but the expertise that the salesperson brings to the customer and their ability to consult and help them make decisions. Um, and how, how does training fit into that? How does what, you, what you're doing to support that process fit into that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we can help in training, we can help our salespeople to sort of understand the markets, but really that's going to be, ex that's going to be their experience, right? So the more that they're out in the market, the more that they're dealing with people, the more that they're going to understand what the unique needs are. So where training does actually help is when we deliver sales training, I mentioned that there's sort of a bit of an urgency to it all, right? There's, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, what do they need to know? Um, and they only want to know the things that they need to know. And they want to know specifically how that's going to benefit them in their next sales call. Um, and so the other thing that salespeople do is that they sort of connect those dots and they draw those parallels to their unique situations, um, you know, kind of automatically. So they're taking the things that they know from their experience about the marketplace and the needs of their consumers and they're turning that into, okay, now how is this training applicable to my situation? But they also kind of spot nonsense like right away, right? So if you're delivering a sales training and you start trying to get in with some of the market nuances are and things like that, and you don't have a, an adequate understanding of that, they're going to pick up on that right away and they're going to know. And then the rest of your sales training then is going to sort of go out the window, right? Because they're, they're going to have this built-in perception. So it's really... You know, how we tie all those things together is it's you got to make sure that you're prepared, um, which kind of goes without saying if you're delivering training anyway, but you have to be prepared to go in a bunch of different directions. 
and almost treat your training like it is a sales presentation um, because they want that that behavior to be modeled. I would imagine when you were working with a group, you want to get them to educate each other, right? That they have knowledge and skills that they can really share. And that's an opportunity for them to do it in a training session. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at Anthem, that was a big thing that we kind of ran into a lot, right? Where we would get into, we would purposefully set up our workshops to allow for a lot of information sharing. Um, at Capital Blue Cross, I'm seeing that as well, right? That if there is, there's a real partnership of the sales team. And so when we get into these sessions and we have everybody there and we're talking about, um, you know, whatever the message is that we're talking about, virtual selling, inevitably somebody will raise their hand and they'll say, hey, I tried this. It worked really well. And then it just becomes sort of this group thing kind of discussion. And, you know, that has a real, real lasting impact. And again, I mentioned it's Capital Blue Cross. The sales team is, is heavily relationship based. They know each other. They trust each other. Uh, and so when they hear that message from a peer, it resonates a lot more than if they just hear it from somebody as part of, of, of the regular content. So it's been really, really effective in that way. In your environment um, now, are you doing anything to be, to measure the effectiveness of the of the training to evaluate the training? Yeah, we're actually we're we're launching a bunch of new programs and a bunch of new approaches. So because we're launching those programs as new, it kind of pushed us back into kind of level one, level two, Kirkpatrick. You know, so how we deploy those evaluations is fairly standard. Uh, the big thing that we've shifted to is focusing more on collaboration as a means to sort of design and evaluate the training. So we've done things like uh, on the sales training side, where we're developing a sales training council. That sales training council is going to be made up not only just of representation of sales, but also of marketing and of product. Uh, and the point there is basically that as we're building and evaluating content, we want to make sure that the messaging is the same across the board. Um, you know, obviously a marketing team has a lot to do with how sales goes to market um, product, same way they design their products to address the needs that they're seeing in the marketplace. Sales has to go out and sell that then. So if we have everybody at the table, you know, we can share all those different lessons learned. We can sort of, you know, use things like class feedback, those, you know, level two evaluations that we get back and we can kind of use that data to develop what the next step is going to be to gain buy-in around the possible changes to the content and just to make sure that everybody's kind of speaking the same language when we go to market. Great. So you, you mentioned that you're rolling out newer initiatives. Any kind of components of those newer initiatives that you want to talk about that maybe uh, are different than what you've worked with before? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of referenced it a couple of times, but the, the working in a virtual environment. I mean, I, th I think if we think of our major initiatives for 2021, it's kind of broken down into two categories. The first is how do we provide support for a virtual workforce? And then the second is how do we support and reinforce a culture of coaching? Because that's a major point of emphasis for us for this year. So we are a traditional, you know, training organization. We do a lot of face-to-face -face training. Um, that's the way that we've always kind of done things. And so we've really had to kind of rethink how we're doing things and using the shift and approach to also revamp our, our courses as part of that. Um, so we've been completely rethinking all of that. And we've been paying a lot of attention into deploying more of kind of a just-in-time type of learning, looking into being more innovative in our approaches and really, I think the methodology that we're using is that we kind of want to fail fast. Uh, so it's it's not necessarily a specific curriculum, but it's just in general, we want to try things, see what sticks and build on those things for the future. So 
the big area of focus outside of sales, even within sales, actually, but a big area of focus for us at Capital Blue Cross is on coaching. And I kind of summarize, again, going back to my sports fanaticism, but I kind of summarize this by, if you look at Greg Popovich, right? So Greg Popovich is a coach of the San Antonio Spurs. He's somebody that I personally really admire. Um, and he uses something that's called, it's it's considered magical feedback with his team. And essentially, he's saying that there is a standard that he sets and that when he gives feedback, he's giving that feedback because he has high expectations, but that he believes that each player on his team can reach those expectations. And so at Capital Blue Cross, when we think of creating a culture of coaching, that's exactly where we want to go, right? The people that we have, the employees that we have are members of this team. This team is special and growth is going to come from raising expectations. So we also have to believe that people can meet those expectations and where talent management kind of fits and where training fits and all that is that we help to kind of build and reinforce that belief. Uh, so coaching is a major component of that. And that's, that's where we're really going for, for this year. It also sounds like, you know, while you're definitely in a competitive marketplace when it comes to competing for customers, I would imagine you're also in a competitive marketplace when it comes to talent, especially on the sales side. And that part of the um, way to retain that talent is in how you develop them. You want to talk about that a little? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, we're undertaking a couple of initiatives now that are built specifically around that. Um, so they're going to be launched uh, later in the spring, but it's, it's basically about, you know, what does our succession planning look like? Where do you want to go within your career? Uh, and can we provide a pathway to be able to do that? Um, I will say at Capital Blue Cross, it's been kind of eye-opening to me because the amount of just development opportunities that you're given. I mean, everything from a tuition reimbursement program, which is one of the more generous ones that I've seen uh, at any of the companies that I've been at, the whole way down to just what courses do we make available, um, you know, through outside vendors for people to be able to upscale on like certain specific things, like whether it's communicating to a C-suite executive or, you know, building new relationships or fostering innovation or any of those types of things. Um, we make all those things available to everybody within the organization. And so there's there's really tons of opportunity. Uh, and that's what makes people want to stay. I mean, I know for me personally, that's what makes me want to stay um, is where am I going to go? Do I have a ceiling here or not? And I think at, at Capital Blue Cross, we've sort of set the stage that uh, we don't have that ceiling, right? That you can develop into what you want to develop into. The tools are there for you. Uh, it's just taking advantage of those things. Yeah, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up, uh, Ryan. It's a really good summary to to basically take the connect, the the training and the development with employee retention that makes you more competitive in the marketplace. You know, kind of the whole value chain right there, and um, and your role in supporting that. So certainly wish you the best in in taking that to the next level as you continue your journey there at Capital Blue Cross. Well, thank you very much. It was great to speak to you. Thank you, Ryan. What a great conversation we had with Ryan. Luke, what are some of uh, your key takeaways from your interview? Yeah, so uh, Ryan, he began with the how Capital Blue Cross emphasizes member service and member focus and member wellness and their overall community involvement. Um, and he wants that emphasis to carry through in the training so that it also kind of carries through in what the salespeople um, are learning so that they can make that part of how they talk to and build relationships with their customers. 
He also talked about, you know, when you're developing training for salespeople, you need to make it really accessible, have to make it short. In a lot of cases, they have self-paced content that's then followed with the opportunity to apply that learning in conversations and in um, practice sessions that they have and to share that learning across the different salespeople and share their experiences with each other. Um, also, the importance of, of kind of positioning everything in terms of immediate applicability. I mean, that's really important, again, for all adult learners. But I think even with salespeople, it's more of that urgency. They have that, you know, let's go, let's go, let's win, let's win. And to feed into that and make the training have that same kind of pace and that same kind of application to, yeah. to what they do every day. Um, also, I, you know, certainly virtual presentations and virtual and building relationships without being in person is a big topic across a lot of different training these days, but everything related to sales has kind of been disrupted. I think there's a, a recognition that there's gonna be a lot more of that happening in the future, even beyond the current um, environment. So that, you know, being able to do virtual presentations and to build relationships without actually being in person are skills that they're training there now have become more important and will continue. Um, and the last thing that I thought was really uh, important that he mentioned was the sales council that they set up, which is really allowing um, other groups that sales interacts with a lot to be part of a group together to be able to share learning and share best practices and share what's next so that they can all work together cohesively and collaboratively. Yeah, we've heard from from others and certainly know the importance of that connection between training and marketing and, and other departments to really make that training more impactful. So I was I was glad to hear that they're doing that at Capital Blue Cross too. And and it just seems too that they are really listening to their learners and and being able to pivot whenever needed and, and being very agile, not just through this time of the pandemic, but throughout all of their training that but they're making sure that they're they're doing about that listening that's necessary to make sure the training they're delivering is is really hitting the mark. Uh, really good point, Susan. We certainly um, will continue to hear that from a lot of our future guests as well. I'm sure. Thanks, Luke, and many thanks to Ryan Sweeney from Capital Blue Cross for joining us today. If you have any questions about what we talked about, you can reach out to us on DaVinci's social channels through our website DaVinci.com or by emailing us at poweredbylearning@davinci.com. Powered by Learning is brought to you by DaVinci Interactive. For more than 25 years, DaVinci has provided custom learning solutions to government agencies, corporations, medical education and certification organizations, and educational content providers. We collaborate with our clients to bring order and clarity to content and technology. Learn more at DaVinci.com.